something that I align with in both business and in my running is where is there something that is not as good as it could be that could allow us to gain a, a greater advantage. Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the weekly podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out how running might help us with leading, managing people and generally being better in business. We'll also try and answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay and today's guest is the CEO and co-founder of a business called Walla, a data creation platform that was built during lockdown. It now employs over 70 people, has employees and officers all over the world and has been officially credited as a great place to work. He's no stranger to creating new businesses, though. In 2015, he founded and ran another business called Vigor. He's based in the UK with his young family. Lewis Reeves, welcome to Run the Business. Thanks, Anne. Really, uh, really excited about today and uh, really appreciate you having me on. Lewis, first question on Run the Business. When did you last go running? I was running last on Tuesday evening. Uh, we, we have a, a great club run and it's a nice steady one, fortunately. So uh, able to shake the legs out after quite a heavy weekend on the running side of things. So uh, yeah, n- nice, nice little run on Tuesday. And how long have you been, just to sort of give us a bit of background, how long have you been running for? When did you consider yourself a runner? Yeah, so it's a really interesting story for me. Um, I ran a lot of middle distance as a as a youngster, uh, actually really young. So I, I got pretty heavy into my running, probably around the age of 10, 11, and then into my early teens. And then I think perhaps with, with maybe a lot of people, life sort of happened and business happened and moving from, you know, rural towns into big cities. And, and I left my running behind for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the last few years, I must say, I started off by getting back into cycling. And then just over a year ago, we uh, acquired a business which had the majority of its employees in uh, the Nordics between Norway and Sweden. And as we were doing a lot of the, the chemistry work, I realized that they were all really enthusiastic runners. And um, we were having a, an introduction session uh, to these, these new guys that are joining the team. And the fun fact that most of them led with was, I'm the fastest runner in the Garmin group. And I thought, you know, I can't let these guys get away with this. I need to be part of it. And so um, it was just over a year ago that I really turned back to my running. And, and since then, I've been running um, sort of several times a week. Um, so, yes, in adult anger, um, just over a year. So, so I guess I'm still a bit of a newbie, but it, it's been something that's never been too far away from me for, for the sort of whole life. So give us a bit of context about, about your business and, and the various businesses that you've been involved with over the years, because you've been hugely successful. Uh, where did the entrepreneurial part of your life kick in? Yeah, so look, I, I think that's very much um, my my background. So, so come from a, a family of folk that have been very keen to to run their own businesses, and also uh, a family of of communicators, which I think is a, a really key skill in in trying to get people on board and, and and come through journeys. My personal career is an interesting one. Didn't end up going to university and sort of perhaps fell into the sector of of market research and got quite excited. Market research is predominantly, although there are some larger organizations, it's made up by a lot of smaller businesses. 
businesses. And thus the barrier to starting a company is is, is relatively low and something that I've, I've done uh, since uh, quite a few times. In recent years, technology has played a bigger part in our industry as it's digitalized. And, and that's something that, that we're really trying to push forward now with the wallet business. So essentially what we do is we have a unified survey software platform. And, and what that means outside of our industry is that we're able to ask people questions. We're able to decide who those people are that we're going to ask the questions. So we've got large access to lots of different people in lots of different countries in many different walks of life. And then we've got a whole suite of visualization tools that allows us to interpret that data that's created, build reports and distribute that to uh, key audiences. Mm -hmm. So very, very topical at the moment with the political environment in the UK. One of the applications for our software would be to use it to do political polling and understand who the country thinks should be the next prime minister and what their sentiment is towards the, the current prime minister, which I don't think I'm giving away too much by saying that there's a, a little bit of uh, uncertainty uh, about what is currently going on in British politics. It's quite strange because the day we're recording this conversation we currently don't have a, or we're about to lose a prime minister. So uh, let, let's not get into the details of that. But as you say, uh, a lot's happening. And the speed at which things happen is unprecedented. I think it's fair to say that. So, so just to pick up on what you said there about what Walla does, what's its relationship with, with the speed that people are making decisions and how that information that, that Walla um, pulls together how it's used. Do you sort of, do you see things having sped up a lot since, since you've been in business? That, that's really why we're at the forefront of trying to accelerate the digitalization of our industry. Ultimately, market research is great for answering key business questions and, and aiding with decision making. But as you say, the world is moving so quickly now that we need to be able to answer those questions at the speed of business. And so by having digital tools at our fingertips where our customers within a few clicks can get some of the answers to their key business questions is vital to their success. And so everything we do is to drive the efficiency of that process. How do we go from having an idea or a question to having that in a form that we can make a decision as quickly as possible? And, and that's, that's what we strive to do every single day. You, you talked about uh, the entrepreneurial spirit being in your family, being something that you grew up with. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about what that felt like and, and how that manifested itself in, in what you did growing up? Yeah, indeed. So so grew up in a, in a, in a household where uh, my parents ran um, their own business. And I think it gives a, a sense of belief in in one's ability to do that. I know certainly having friends that grew up with with parents in perhaps more corporate roles, there's there's maybe a slight more alignment to that. But I think seeing that it can be possible, seeing that that allows one to own their own destiny, uh, whether that's around work-life balance or whether that's around achieving their goals and being really inspired by that and, and wanting to do that for myself. Um, interestingly, in incredibly different walks of life um, compared to, to where the family businesses um, have come from. Um, but yeah, certainly inspiring and giving that confidence to, to give it a shot and that actually, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen as, as that real sort of undertone um, to, to build that confidence. Did you ever consider your style as a leader when you were beginning? Because uh, obviously you're very successful now, but 
um, when you were starting out on this journey, did you think about the kind of leader that you wanted to be? Yeah, so I, I, um, I, I've got a, a fantastic grandfather who was very senior in uh, HR at Unilever back through the sort of 50s, 60s and 70s. And prior to that was a general in the army and absolutely everything was about communication. And he was also a cox in his rowing boat. And so spending a lot of time with him in, in my formative years, I think really led me to think about communication styles as a leader and, and actually growing up whether it be in, in football teams or other sporting teams, I generally found myself as, as the captain of those teams. And, and I think a lot of that style is about ultimately you've got a group of people that you want to achieve a goal and, and how do you get them to all share that passion and all be pushing in the same direction. And so that's something that I, I constantly am checking in on. I think that even in the 12, 13 years that I've been in business, the types of people and the the way in which we work these days is constantly evolving. And so those techniques and those strategies to really align everyone, make sure that they're succeeding out of the company's success um, is changing. And, and so it's something we, we, we have to keep on the ball with and, and constantly evolve. You have an attitude of, as you say, constantly evolving, constantly learning, which is so refreshing. How do you learn these days? What what do you do to make sure that you're staying on top of your skills, both in in, in style and leadership and in knowledge of, of your market? What, what sort of things do you do? It's all about information consumption. Something I learned very early in, in my career is this, this wonderful saying, which is sort of knowledge is, is, is king or knowledge is power, whatever you want to use there. And so I think in absolutely everything that that I do, whether it be um, getting a, an advantage within the workplace, and certainly I'd love to talk about this for a running perspective, is, is just read and consume information. Um, and whether that's be it business books, or whether that be reading forums and, and articles that are being posted, or, or trying to consume information, perhaps now in, in video format, or certainly in podcast format, just to see what other people are doing, see what other great ideas are out there. I think it's that whole idea of constantly learning and also the mindset that you don't have all the answers is really important to be looking for new sources. And those sources can come from anywhere. They can come from my colleagues at any level across our business. They can come from my six-year-old daughter. Um, they can come from a YouTube video. Um, there's, I, I think, just absorbing information and trying to process it and align it with your challenges is, is, is a great way to, to sort of bounce things around and, and move forward. So this podcast is all about the relationship between running and leadership. And had you ever considered, before I asked the question, the parallels between leadership and how you approach your running? Yeah. So, so for me, perfect alignment. I have a really strong competitive spirit and something that I like to bring into business. You know, ultimately, we are in a, a very competitive marketplace and, and it's all about trying to succeed as, as well as we can. And, and that's exactly the same approach I, I take with my running. And, and so uh, I find that it's a great outlet to continue being competitive, but also flexing some of those same muscles and uh, same areas of the brain that, that are what drives the, the business in the right direction as well. And do you have examples of, of where running has helped you, has set you up for a successful day in the office, day on the job? You know, tell us about the relationship specifically between you know, your 
time out running and then the impact of that on your day in business? Yeah, look, I am um, probably quite an intense individual. And, and so being able to have something that I can get very passionate about and focus on and, and see the sort of development and evolution that's outside of work is really, really important to me. So for example, I have a race coming up this weekend. And, and actually, you know, whilst you're going through the trials and tribulations of a week at work, having that additional focus is, is a great way to sort of step back and realize that there's, there's more to, to the world that's going on than, than just how the business is performing on that day or that week or that month. And I find running a real therapy, it's a great way for me to clear my mind and to come back to work decisions really fresh. And I bizarrely have some of my best business ideas in the shower. And um, I'm the sort of individual that finishes a run and, and I jump in the shower pretty quickly after that. So th this concept of having dwelled on decisions during the day, going out for a running after work, then coming in and, and having my thinking time in the shower often is what leads to making the plans for the next day and, and some of the big decisions in the business. So yeah, there's there's some really nice elements that I think help me be a better leader and, and, and help me run the business in a better manner uh, attached to my running. You're surrounded by data and, and you obviously have built businesses around data. When it comes to running, how important is that information for you about your running experiences? So uh, anyone that knows me would know that my favorite app on my phone is Strava. I absolutely love the data. I love all the data I can get hands on, more from a, a sort of passion perspective of just enjoying running through numbers. Now, the, the bizarre thing about me and data is that when I'm actually running, I try and break the data. So I, I won't hold myself to too strict uh, pacing strategies on my runs because I always think actually maybe today is the day that the data isn't correct and that I'm feeling better than what my averages should be, etc. So really love the data, but but don't don't let it hold me uh, hostage when I'm when I'm running and 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 actually probably should utilize it a little bit more rather than often going out far too hard on runs and, and, and paying for it later. Something you said at the beginning around, you know, the, the business side of what you do and uh, being able to frame questions, come up with the right questions, because uh, this is, uh, you kind of touched upon it there. When, when we go running, we have so much data available to us now and so much that can just, you know, go over our heads in terms of how we use it, how we interpret it. Is there anything, I'm, I'm kind of thinking now, is there anything specific in your learnings around framing questions and, and, and how you ask those questions with Waller that, that might help people understand the important data for, for their running? Have you ever considered the, the parallel there? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, specifically market research um, as a source of creating data, we always start with what do we want to achieve? And then we work back to what are the inputs and essentially what are the data points we need to create in order to learn to, to, to get to that objectives that we set in the first place. And, and so I think with my running, it's, it's all about focus on what is it that I want to achieve and then what data do I need in order to achieve that. And so that might bring in different components. If I want to be 
doing something that involves a really long run in activity. It might all be about actually how low can I get my heart rate? Um, and that might take into zero account to begin with how fast I'm running um, or how far I'm running. Conversely, it might all be about, hey, I want to run a, a PB for a 5K. And, and then it's all about what training do I need to be doing and how fast can I be running those those intervals and, and how, how long can I be running at that pace? So, so I, I, I do see a lot of alignment and I, I think ultimately it comes down to what is the outcome that we want to achieve and thus what, what is the important data that we should be using to help us achieve that outcome. You mentioned you've got a run coming up, a race coming up soon. Uh, what, what's the one metric that you're aiming to affect? Is it, is it simply time or is there some other sort of variable, some, some other piece of uh, data that you're looking to, to, to achieve on the weekend? Time will definitely be the, the, the key metric. One of the things that, as I mentioned earlier, my um, certainly my, my running group, and if any of them listen to this, will, will have real joy in this. My pacing is is famously not very good. The runner's ideal is obviously to run a, a negative split. I'm quite famous for the positive split. So in the sort of races I have coming up towards Christmas this year, I definitely want to get more discipline in my consistency on, on my splits. And so the overall time will be important, but, but actually running a, a strong, consistent race is something... So so those those mile and kilometer splits uh, will be something that, that I'm pretty focused on. Great. Well, I hope it goes well. Thank you. Something I want to p- pick up on, which you mentioned at the beginning about um, the experience where you met the the runners in the business that you, uh, I think you said you acquired a new business and, and you kind of you know, came across the runners and the community of runners there. This was something I want to dig into a little bit more about what that brings to you when you're able to identify yeah, you know, people with a, a like-minded interest in running and you can kind of, you know, get close to people that way and understand what makes them tick. How did that help you in getting closer to the, the culture and, and the vibe of that business? I think it, it's about immersing, to begin with, immersing myself into what was very much their world and, and, and their culture. And I think, you know, running I've not yet met a runner that I don't like, um, and and certainly in other sports I have met people that I don't like, and and I think there's just a really nice nature to to runners. I think the the freedom of it all being fully propelled under your own power and just being very natural is is really really nice. I, I think there's another component actually. The guys in, in in which came into the business were predominantly ultra runners, and I, I think that having that sort of staying power and that determination to be able to go out and run for long periods of time speaks volumes for for great skill sets in, in, in business. So yeah, there's there's a lot of alignment. I think generally both within our business, we have a big running community and within the, the wider running community, uh, it's such a supportive culture and one where I feel actually running certainly in a group can be quite therapeutic. You can have quite a lot of time to work through different conversations and different challenges. And so we'll often go for, for runs for work. Certainly me and my senior leadership team will often run together and, and, and we'll work through key challenges, um, but also colleagues up and down the business. And, and it's a really nice way to be able to spend some one-on-one time. It, it feels like whereas perhaps 10 or 20 years ago, some of those connections between different colleagues would have been spent in pubs and different establishments. They're now being spent with, with running shoes on, trotting along certainly the river here in London, which is a great place to run. So, um, yeah, certainly very excited about that progression. I wonder, because as I get older, I, I kind of enjoy the community and the social side of running and, 
you know, spending time with people, you know, doing things like running rather than being in the pub or at an event or something like that. And I just wondered if it is that me just getting old. But I just talked to I do talk to a lot of younger people who are enjoying health, fitness, running specific, uh, running specifically as being the thing that that gives them that sense of of community and and binds them to, together, which is fantastic, isn't it? As a as a thing rather than sitting in a pub and spending the time there. Uh, t- totally. I, I was um, I was naively invited to a running event this summer uh, called Endure 24, uh, which I'm, I'm not sure if you've come across. It sounds painful. Yeah. yeah. Described as the Glastonbury for runners. And essentially you all go and camp in a field. This this one was just outside of Reading. And it's a, a cross-country loop. You're in teams or some people do it as an individual. And it's 24 hours worth of running. And actually, yeah, just the the sort of culture and the vibe of having fun, and and yeah, we probably did drink a beer or two between some of our runs, but but doing something that's good for your health, having a bit of a competitive element, a huge amount of of, of camaraderie, and helping everyone get through, just fantastic, and sort of left it pretty broken, uh, having run for for twenty four hours, but couldn't wait to sign up for for the next year. So no, I, I think. For me, young and old, and I think the great thing in this modern world is we're much more aware about things like our mental health. And and running gives us a great outlet just to go and talk with other people. And, you know, if you're running on a long run, you're with people for for quite a while, it gives you that ability to open up and be a little bit more vulnerable. But I think the running community is really a a very safe space, certainly in my experience. You, Walla, has been credited as a great place to work, um, which is a, a, a... a credit to the business and, and to the people. What what does that mean to you and, and, and how how did that come about? Yeah, so something that from the very um, early days of the business, one thing that I'm very well aware of is I can't do everything. And, and so we need to have really talented people around us to build the business and achieve the things that, that we want to do. And so building a, a culture where everyone wants to be here is incredibly important. And yes, you can do that by having nice benefits and and remunerating people well, but actually there's a lot more to it. And a lot of that comes down to infrastructure and communications and, and things along those lines. And I think one of the things that we constantly look back on, we're, we're as you say, sort of between 70 and 80 people now, it, higher number 15 for us was a chief of staff which was a role that historically I wasn't that well aware of, but it's a role that's come in and that covers a lot of operational functions, a lot of people functions, Um, that particular role in our business and and the individual that that leads it, she leads our culture committee as well. And, And so really taking a big focus and an investment on making sure we are working with our teams, listening to our teams, empowering their decisions to create a, a workplace that frankly, we just all want to, be in is important. And then I think naturally, if you're doing those things and we're acting on the advice of, of our, our staff around us, we, we create a place where people want to be. And, and then we're able to, to get awards and, and certificates like the ones that we did this year, which has is, is been fantastic. What do you think is the most important thing as, as a leader, a, a skill, uh, if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody beginning in a leadership role, what, what would that be? 
There's two probably that spring straight to mind that are pretty closely aligned. Communication is absolutely everything. And even if you think you're communicating enough, you're not even anywhere near close to communicating enough. I just don't think it's possible to communicate enough. And so working out how you communicate in different styles to different people and across different cultures and different types of people is absolutely vital to to share your message. And then the second point is around vision. What is that message that you're sharing? So if you're able to open up those channels and communicate, um, you need to be communicating a, a narrative that is engaging and that is taking people on a journey, but it's also authentic. And, and so I think the combination of vision and communication are, are the two skills that I would recommend anyone really focuses on and, and tries to learn about. Thanks for that. That's really powerful advice. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, switching back to running, I want you to think about a run that you've done at some point in your life that sticks in your mind as a special experience, something that you can conjure up in your mind's eye and takes you to a, a happy place. Uh, is there something that springs to mind? Yeah. So um, my wife and I spent um, a little bit of time living in New York. And, and so and there's a wonderful run. We, we lived right next to the Hudson River and um, we uh, fell pregnant there as well. And we, we lived right next to where Captain Sully landed the, the plane that was coming down that was out of power and he landed it on the Hudson River. And so it's got a really special place for, for me and my family. And, and I always make a, a real point of when I'm in New York for business. Without fail, my first morning there, I'll always go on a, a run all the way up the, it, it's the, the West Side Highway, but the, the run is along the, the Hudson River. Spectacular run. And without fail, I, I always get a selfie outside of our, our old apartment. And so that, that holds a really special, fond place for me, both in terms of running, but also in terms of my family. That's wonderful. And, and when you travel is, I mean, I, I think I know what the answer is here, but when you do spend time in, in different places, different countries, is, is running something you take with you and use to acclimatize to that place? Yes, both, both acclimatize, but also explore. Uh, I was just two, three weeks ago uh, in Sydney for the first time and, um, you know, putting on my, my running shoes and just going for a cruise around is a great way to, to see the city. Um, and so as much as I can, uh, I, I try and pack my running shoes and, and go running. Um, the, the bit that I enjoy the most is when we're on sort of team gets togethers in, in different countries and we've got colleagues coming in from different areas. We always try and run together. Um, so certainly our Norwegian team, our Swedish team, really big runners. And so if we're ever in any of those offices, um, there'll always be an, an early run on the table for, for anyone that fancies it. Are you somebody that runs with with music, with podcasts, or do you prefer the the, the ambiance of, of wherever you are? Yeah, it really depends. I think it, it depends on my mood. I, I'm quite happy running with, with both. I think that if I just want to go and switch off and, and just uh, churn out some miles on my own, then the music's a, a great way to, to help with that. But, but I actually sometimes want to be with my thoughts or, or just with the experience of running. And certainly if you're trying to run fast, that, that's often balancing a, a bit of a pain threshold. And so I would say I'm about 50-50 right, right down the middle. Um, clearly, if running in a group, it would be quite rude, so so would, would opt against it. Um, but yes, depends on the mood of, of which way I take on, on that one. And does your wife run? You mentioned... Um... You know, you, you, you guys, um, when you, you lived in New York, did, did she run with you there or, or, or was that, uh, is it just something you do? 
Predominantly myself, my, my wife's a big tennis player, uh, although unfortunately is just recovering from a, a, a ACL reconstruction. And, and so uh, I think she will be back out doing a bit of running and a lot of tennis. But the, the last year has, has certainly been not the one for running with, without an ACL through the middle of her knee. Fair enough. And and when you think about uh, business and leadership and, and, and running, are there any heroes, any uh, icons that, that spring to mind for you that have motivated you to be better in, in either field it's very hard certainly in this this current time that we're living from a running perspective to look beyond kipchoge when i spoke earlier about that vision component i, I love setting targets that seem impossible and then breaking down how we achieve them and i think what he did in in the the, the sub two hour marathon was just unbelievable and you know the speed in which he and many other elite runners run is is just mind-boggling so uh, no i think that that would be um the real standout leader and, and probably attached to that I, I know he doesn't run necessarily himself but um dave brailsford who obviously ran i think it was the the one hour 59 uh, the one 1.59 challenge is someone that i hold in very high regard his desire for those marginal gains and always to be looking at how can we optimize that that's something that i align with in both business and in my running is where is there something that is not as good as it could be that could allow us to gain a, a greater advantage and and often without necessarily having to work any harder whether that be wearing more aerodynamic clothes or faster trainers etc and, and and within business you know where, where can we um cut out uh, inefficiency certainly in our platform how do we reduce the number of clicks that our clients have to make so see great great parallels that that uh, i think that idea of marginal gains and he's been the the real uh, founding father of that mm, powerful stuff and something you just mentioned before then as well which I think is worth lingering on is is this idea of um, chunking things down, you know, making things manageable. I was talking to somebody the other week who's got a huge run coming up in a few weeks, and the way she was approaching it is just as you've described: is well, what do I need to do to do this six mile bit, or how am I going to do this eight mile bit? And I just my focus now is is just this task in hand from getting here to there, and not thinking about adding it all together and seeing. 140 miles or whatever it was because that just that blows your mind and you can't you know as, a, as humans we, we don't seem to be able to handle that uh, but if we break it down and make it uh, something that we do feel is manageable it becomes a lot easier doesn't it in both business and in in running yeah and and i i have a fun game i play with myself so generally i run with my watch in miles and if I'm doing a sort of 10K or a half marathon where you've got to be running pretty hard and it's, you know, it's, it's, you've got to concentrate to run at that speed. I find myself trying to, without taking the splits on my watch, work out the mathematical timings for my kilometer splits, which keeps the mind really busy in the here and now. And, and doesn't allow you to get too far ahead of yourself. Whereas I think if you're just running and you're thinking about how much further you've got to go, it can seem incredibly daunting. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, running aside, can you name a business tool, an app, a person that you couldn't do without? 
Yeah, well, I mean, if there is Strava for tracking your running, uh, I, I guess it would be Salesforce for, for tracking the business's performance. And uh, you spoke earlier about data, something being in a data business that, that, that we can't get too far away from. So um, from a personal perspective, it would be my Strava app that's the, the most frequently used on my phone. And from a business perspective, it would be Salesforce keeping an eye on, on, on how we're doing sort of every minute of the day in, in all of our different territories. Well, my follow-up question there was business aside, uh, what's your favourite bit of running kit? So it's Strava, just parking Strava. I hear what you're saying about Strava. I love Strava. Um, is there anything else in the running world, maybe something that's not tech that uh, really helps you? I think the, the great thing with the running community is um, everyone's very willing to share, but but not share so forcefully. So uh, I, I actually find myself consuming a, a lot of YouTube of, of runners just sharing different ideas, different techniques, different things like that. And, and and I find it, again, as I spoke about that consumption of information earlier, it's just good to sort of flow some of those ideas through, see what works for other people. It's quite refreshing as well to, to know that other people are out there trying to achieve similar things and deal with with similar challenges. So uh, I think that the, um, the the world that we've now moved into where that ability to access content is so much easier and the ability to share it so much easier um, that I really get myself uh, into that world and can often find myself sort of before going to bed consuming 30, 40 minutes worth of, uh, of, of different running videos. And there is so much awesome stuff out there, isn't there? I mean, we had Jason Fitzgerald uh, as a guest of a while back who has the strength running platform and and uh andy badley was on who um runs the running channel uh youtube channel and that that content uh it's really the, you know whatever kind of stuff you want is there isn't it and it's wonderful to have access to all that it's, it feels like we're in such a privileged place uh, indeed and, and certainly for someone that's as avidly keen on those marginal gains you, you've often got people that are out there doing it for you so, so you can learn from them without having to to go and do those experiments and um yeah it's it's fantastic lewis final question uh and i touched upon it earlier in the interview but uh, is there some advice that you'd give to anybody in a business or leadership role that's considering becoming more active and, and thinking about taking up running? What would you say? How would you champion running? Yeah, I, I would champion running just that supportive community element. I think that running a business can be a very lonely place. And often, depending on that structure, that there can't be that many people to, to turn to. And I think running in every aspect that I've ever dealt with, um, even with the the sort of hardest competitors, is such a friendly, supportive environment. And I think just to be able to get that refreshing community component, which is quite different to often when you're on your own running a business, um, is so valuable and so refreshing, uh, so good for your mental health and so good for your thinking when it comes to the business that I would say dive in. And it, and it doesn't matter if you're running, you know, 20 minutes a mile uh, at, at walking speed or you're, you're running five minutes a mile. I think that that community embraces you and supports you. And uh, I'm so grateful for it. Brilliant. And, and as you say there, it doesn't matter whether you're at the front, the back, in the middle, just getting out there, doing it, being part of the community is so powerful. Indeed. Um, you mentioned you've got a run coming up. All the best with that. Can you tell us a little bit about what that one is just just, just to finish? Where, you know, where is it? What's the challenge? Yeah, that's the, the Lansing 10K uh, down in West Sussex um, on the seafront. So I'm uh, 
avidly watching the the weather at the moment it looks like the wind is picking up more and more so ho- hoping it's just a straight crosswind rather than um too much in your face it's just an out and back along the seafront um so uh yes fingers crossed the uh, the wind isn't too much of a burden um if it isn't it's a nice flat course so it should be a nice run and and one of the great things you know family as well and uh, my sister is also a colleague of mine at work and she's doing the run with me so um be, be really nice to, to get out there with her Well, best of luck with that. And thank you for sharing uh, your experiences of running and business on uh, on Run the Business. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Anne. Thanks again to Lewis Rees for being in the spotlight on Run the Business this week. A few things that came out for me in that conversation. Firstly, what's the outcome that you want to achieve? And what's the data that you should be using to help you achieve that outcome? What are you measuring? Are you focusing on on the right things. An obvious one, but really, really important. I love the point he made when he said, I've never met a runner that I didn't like. That's so true, isn't it? Uh, He actually goes running with his leadership team. When was the last time you went running with a colleague, someone in your business? Would that feel a bit strange for you? Or is is that normal at your workplace? Um, How much of yourself do you put out there in your business? Uh, Do you show vulnerability? Do you show your emotions? Running communities are more comfortable with showing emotions, which is something that uh, if you want to connect with people, you've got to be real. You've got to show your authentic self, which sometimes means not being right every time, not being perfect. It's an impossible place to get to. From a business perspective, Lewis also talked about the importance of vision and communication. They were the two things that he really wanted to highlight. How clear is your vision and how clearly can you articulate that in in real people speak? It's an interesting one to consider. Vision, communication. The quote to finish today, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. Thank you, Winston Churchill, for that one. I'm Anthony Gay, and until next time, keep running and keep chasing your goals. Mm-hmm.